There we go. Bruce always keeps me honest. I got all these sticky notes here. We'll have to trust on the Holy Spirit to keep everything in order and everything um, running smoothly and on course. But once again, I got to thank Pastor Matt for last week. I, I need to sit once in a while and just feed upon the Word of God myself. I do not know. It, it's his responsibility to title the messages. And does anybody remember what we talked about last week? If I were to give it a title, I would say, Deny Self. Take up your cross and follow after me. And that's not always a message that people want to hear. But to me, it just resonated so much. I just so appreciated that. Amen? I think people's got to the place where they want to hear a lot of fluff. But I want to hear the whole counsel of God. Amen? I, I got so much out of that. I wrote down many years ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to me when we was in a minister's conference. And a man that I really highly esteem, he would, I don't know how many tablets and notes he took just by listening to other ministers. And I had written something that I believe that the Holy Spirit said, and I've got it in my office. It said that the teacher is only as good as the listener. Amen. Amen. So you've got something that you can get out of everybody. Hallelujah. Maybe they come at it from a different perspective, but I just would have to give that a five star or an A plus. Amen. You know, I could probably tell you many things I got out of it, but another thing that was uh, really special was the fact that Noah had built the ark. He spent many, many years constructing the ark and following the instruction of the Lord. And it said that when the time came and it began to rain, God shut the door. And the people came about and said, you know, I, we was just funning about. We figured we had a lot of time. We can just do whatever we want. There's no hassle. There's no... no uh, Nothing to look forward to. But when the door closed, it was closed for good. Amen. So I think that's a wake-up call for the generation today. Deny self. I thought about when you spoke that the Apostle Paul probably had a great team of men that ministered with him. And he said something remarkable. He said, I'm going to send you Timothy. Because he is the only one I've got that truly uh, is not all about himself. Didn't he say that? I'm sending you him because as good as these other guys are, Timothy is extraordinary because it's a, it's a rare quality anymore if a person could look upon the needs of others before self. Amen. Hallelujah. So, can I give you some word today? We'll have a little fun. I like to look at the Old Testament because it always gives us insight into the New Testament and the fulfillment of many things. So let's go over to Isaiah 61. Hallelujah. We got something different this morning. Isaiah 61, verse 10, says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me with the robe of righteousness and as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with her jewels. The Lord saying that it is his great joy that he clothe us. Isn't that wonderful? 
The Lord desires to clothe us. He desires to give us a fresh set of clothes this morning. Let's turn a few pages over to Zechariah chapter 3. Verse 3 of chapter 3, it says that Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. And he answered and spoke unto him that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thy iniquity to pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with the change of clothes. Isn't that wonderful? Whatever our garments is, if they're stained, if they're filthy, it's his greatest desire to give us a new set of clothes. Hallelujah. Could anybody use a new set of clothes this morning? You know, I, I'm totally convinced no matter what obstacle, no matter what problems, no matter what we need for whatever situation is found in the Word of God. If we dig hard enough, we'll find it. It's all in there. It's beautiful. Hallelujah. Every answer could be found in the Word of God, and it is our key to victory in every area of life. So today the Lord wants to dress us properly. My beautiful wife has got proper dress on this morning. <laughs> Maybe not to some. We, I, I worked with a guy, he had retired, but he'd say, man, you've got to come to my church. I know you don't have church on Sunday night, so come to my church. And, and, and it was a rock and roll Pentecostal church. It was high energy. Boy, they had grooves in the carpet where they'd run the aisles. They'd do, I mean, they'd just do all kinds of stuff. It was high energy. But we went there a couple times, and one of the elders sat us down and said, Now, you, you passed the guest stage now. You, uh, you've got to learn how to dress properly. The women had to forget about pantsuits. You, you got pants on? Oh, my you got to get rid of them. you got to have a special hairdo. The men, they got to get rid of that flacial hair. That just, that, that just, you know, they would coach you on how to dress properly. There wasn't anything wrong with the church, but I, I've never liked a church that speaks the gospel and then has another set of just rules that you got to abide by. But that's me. Amen. I wouldn't qualify. They'd kick me out. I got whiskers. Hallelujah. But it always makes us feel good to have a new set of clothes. I didn't experience that for a long time, but it, it's wonderful if you can get new shoes and just new everything all at one shot. It makes you feel good. Do you agree? But I like to pick on the women. And it's okay, because the women know I like them better than I do the guys. No offense. But it's a lot harder for a woman to clothe themselves than it is a man. I believe that. A lot harder. Sometimes it's a major decision. What am I going to wear? Unlike a man, I, I've noticed a lot of professional people, when you see them at the airport, they're going on a three-day trip to San Francisco, and they got to look good, and they got to go to a bunch of meetings or something, and they got this little bitty bag. Well, all they need is a suit, a fresh shirt for every day that they're going to be there, and maybe a couple neckties, and they got a fresh look every day. Amen? They look good. You can have a fresh look. You can look wonderful with very minimal effort. On the other hand, the women, if they're going to go for a two or three day trip, they got to have a steamer trunk full of stuff. Amen. I don't know how many times I've rebuked my wife because we're only going on a two day overnight thing. What do you need nine outfits for? So let's pick on Darlene Day today. 
But she had to know whether I need a dress, do I need slacks, do I need a pantsuit, do I need uh, casual wear, are we going to go to dinner, what am I, I got to have all of these different things. Whereas a man, a man, they've got it easy. There was a guy that I was really fascinated with. He was an evangelist. I, the, the country escapes me. He lives in Australia. His ministry was in Zambia, South Africa. But his country of origin was an island nation south of India. And I can't think of it for the moment. But he stayed with us practically the entire summer. Really, about all of the churches in the area that wasn't denominational invited him to come and speak. He was quite quite the deal. He uh, got saved under uh, Reinhardt's ministry in South Africa many years ago, and he's been on fire for Jesus ever since. But anyway, he stayed with us for the whole summer, and all he had was this little bag of clothes. He had some slacks. He had a suit coat. He had a pair of jeans. He had some odds and ends. And that's what he had, and that's all he needed for a long time. He was always groomed. He always looked nice. He would iron his stuff and so on and so forth. But he always looked good because he was clothed very nice. But lately, I thought Darlene was going to see, see. It's her fault because last week she had a word about boxes in the closet. Does anybody remember that? Well, she's also said that she is gearing up toward a purge the closet, get rid of stuff. Amen. It's a phase that we go through once in a while to get rid of stuff. You know, when you're a gal, you've got seven or eight closets full of nothing to wear. And, and every once in a while, you've got to get rid of some things for whatever reason. Perhaps it doesn't fit. Perhaps it's just not in style or whatever have you. There's many reasons why they purge the closet. But cleaning or purging the closet is a long, lengthy process, and decisions have to be made. What to keep, what to get rid of, things that are tried on, things that are put back in the closet that you just can't get rid of, things that are placed in piles to be given away. Hallelujah. Many times she'll put them in a bag or whatever and bring them out here. Once in a while we'll see people wearing something that is Darlene's clothes. And that's good. But there's there comes a time where you just have to Get rid of some things that you've got holding on in the closet. Amen? Things that don't fit anymore. Things that are out of style. Or maybe you don't eat, maybe you just don't want them anymore. How many knows that the Word of God is filled with natural stories to speak of spiritual principles? Amen. Jesus always spoke to the people in a way that they could understand. He didn't philosophize and, and speak in theologian ways or something where nobody knew what he said. He spoke to them about what can they communicate with me with. Amen. If you want to be a good spokesman, if you want to be have a good rapport with people, if you want to witness to them and and interject Jesus into the conversation, it's very easy. All you have to do is, like Jesus did at the woman at the well, woman, what are you doing? She's drawing water. Apparently she knew a lot about the well. She knew about the water. She knew about the history of the well. So Jesus tapped into that, and he began to speak with her about things that was of interest to her. And then before long, you know, she became actually the first evangelist because Jesus had her full attention. It doesn't take too long when you meet somebody. Within about five minutes, you know what they're passionate about. Their job, their cars, their family, whatever it is. And you tap into that and you can direct the whole flow of the conversation and then bring Jesus into it. 
Amen. After you've got their full attention. Hallelujah. I don't know where I come up with that one at. Glory to God. Oh, the word's full of natural examples to explain spiritual truths. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So I've been looking since my lovely wife talked about all these things in the closet. And it's amazing. And it'd be a good study. And I got out my books the other day. And I looked and seen just how many references in the New Testament is the words put on or put off spoken of. That's a good study. You can go home and do your homework. Jesus wants to clothe us this morning. There's things he wants us to put on. There's things he wants us to take off. There's things in our closet that he wants us to examine ourselves and perhaps get rid of some stuff that we've held on to. Amen. So, put on, put off. Many examples. Let me read you just a few. Ephesians 4 and 24 says, put on the new man. That's another thing that's spoken over and over again. The old man, the new man. Sometimes we're the new man that still acts like the old man. Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. This is the born again new man that he's speaking of. That we've been created in righteousness and true holiness. But it says we have to make a decision to put him on. Colossians says, lie not to one another seeing that you have put off the old man and his deeds. Lying to one another is a characteristic of the old man. We don't have to do that anymore. The characteristic of the new man is to put off lying one to the other because simply the old man and his deeds no longer rule and reign in our, in our life. They shouldn't. Amen. The old man's always fighting for uh, supremacy and, and he wants to be the boss. So the old man, he all, oftentimes sticks his head up and he wants to dominate. Another one says, put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Romans 13 and 12, I think I give that one to you, Bruce. Put on, take off. Put on, take off. New man, old man. New nature, the old nature. It says the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. So once again, the word of God is telling us of these things as believers that we put on and things that we need to take off. If we want to be properly dressed. Amen. We have to be properly dressed. That's reflective of the new nature. That is within us. Somebody say amen. Put on. The armor of light. Well what does that mean? Let me read a couple examples. Why all this stress on behavior? Because I think you have realized the present time is of the highest importance. It's time to wake up to reality. Every day brings God's salvation nearer. The night is nearly over. The day has almost dawned. Let us therefore fling away the things that men do in the dark. Let us arm ourselves for the fight of the day. Let us live cleanly as in the daylight, not in the delights of getting drunk or flirting with sex, nor yet in quarreling or jealousies. Let us be Christ's men from head to toe and give no chances to the flesh to have its fling. 
Once again, he's speaking to believers. This isn't the out and out heathen. This is the, the people who has recognized Jesus as Lord and Savior. The message says, make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of your day-to-day -day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off. Oblivious to God, the night is about over, dawn is about to break, be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. We can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence, in sleeping around and dissipation, in bickering, grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger, waiting until the last minute. Dress yourself in Christ and be up and about. So once again, we have another dress yourself, clothe yourself, put on, take off. Final scripture on that is out of the New Living. It says the night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like you would dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. So there's a way that the believer can dress that's reflective of who they are in Christ Jesus. To put on. Amen. I'm not talking about wearing a suit and tie or a fancy dress. I'm not talking about any of these things. He tells us in the word what it is that we should take off, what it is that we should put on. I, I think it's very interesting because there's a lot of things in the body of Christ today that myself included are residual things hanging around in the closet that shouldn't be there. Sometimes we just like to hold on to things. And all the ladies said, I'm sure glad that the ladies love me because I, I pick on them all the time. So we have the new man, we have the old man, we have the new nature, we have all of these things. So we're talking about clothing ourselves, we're talking about dressing ourselves the appropriate way that God would have us to dress. Hallelujah. But if you take that, them comments about things that we know, things that we wear, the closet, the clothes, so on and so forth, and look at that in a spiritual sense. We all have personal stuff in our hearts and our attitudes that no longer fit who they are. Maybe these attitudes and mindset fit who they once were at one time, but now after the grace of God has done a work in him, some of these just don't fit anymore. Some attitudes are simply out of date with what God is now doing in their lives, and some things are just no longer desired. And to be truthful, these attitudes shouldn't have been in their life in the first place. Sometimes we just have to purge some things. Amen? There is a multitude of sources from which the attitudes end up in our personal lives as Christians, but eventually God calls on us to unload those old ways of thinking that are no longer fitting to who we are in Christ so we can truly be free. We see this often that many believers come right to the real edge of change. Only at the last minute to retreat and defeat they think they're ready to tackle the wrong thought patterns, wrong believing, wrong attitudes. But just as they are on the verge of victory, they draw back in fear at the thought of what it might cost them. To experience true transformation, the devil strikes them with an attack that sends them reeling emotionally. And as a result, they lose their grip on the word and slip back into their old attitudes, putting them back in the closet.
Satan attacks, and they are purposely designed to prevent believers from achieving victory in their lives. The devil wants to shake them so badly that they'll never again regain the momentum to start back on the road to permanent freedom. So the first step is to, to get by getting free to identify what needs to go. When we look in our closet, we can look, we can tell what doesn't fit or what is ugly, something that may have been in style 10 years ago, now you want to get rid of. There's a number of reasons why we need to purge our closet. But it's also important that we ask Holy Spirit to bring conviction to our heart and let him point out these things that we still have in our closet that simply need to go and not to put them back in. Amen. Let him be the one that shows us whether there's selfishness, bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, fear, insecurity, or remorse over the past. Many believers hold on to these things. They are like a suit of clothes that you just don't want to get rid of. But I think if we want to move forward in the things of God, there's times that we have to purge some things, even if it's hurtful, even if it's things that we should get rid of. Amen. It, it, it is counterproductive to our walk of faith if we harbor selfishness, bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, so on and so forth. All of these things could cause us future problems. Do you agree? Do we want to shut off the flow of God in our heart? I, I don't think we do. But there's things sometimes even unknowingly that we've held on to that it's time to get rid of some things. Because this is where true freedom is. Amen. Sometimes we think we're free, but because so-and-so hurt us so deeply and so thoroughly that I just cannot forgive them and it's made me suspicious of everybody else, I just can't deal with that. This is in my closet and I'm going to let it stay there because that's where it needs to be. But there's great freedom if we take these things and just throw them in the trash can. Throw them in the goodwill box. Do something with them. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So once we have identified the areas in life that need to go and have declared by faith that we're going for total freedom, the next step is to make a decision. To make a decision. We have trouble sometimes making a decision because it is going to cost us something. Sometimes where I see something getting tossed out, my mind says, oh, you know what we paid for that and you're just going to throw it out? But sometimes it's painful to throw out some things that we're harboring, that we're carrying around from what somebody did to us or, or so on and so forth. To we have to lay aside, I say, the residual things quite a bit. Because this is a good word, and, and, and Brother Copeland really opened this up because I heard him say one time, you know, there was a, a, a it wasn't just somebody, it was a, a preacher that every chance he got, he would curse the church that will fold within two weeks, will never amount to nothing, so on and so forth. And, you know, every time I'd see this guy out and about, this thing would pop up. I really don't like him. I'm really upset that he would speak evil of what we're doing here at Wings of Eagles Church. You know, and I would repent. I'd say, Lord, I'm weak in that area. Help me to really, truly forgive this guy. And I would say it by faith. And then I would see him again. And all of these thoughts would just keep flooding back. I'd say, well, didn't I repent? Didn't I ask forgiveness? Didn't I? Well, all of these things was residual things that hang on for a period of time. I did forgive him by faith. I did dismiss all of that. But these feelings and these emotions and these things will just sometimes just attach and hang on. Amen? I believed when I asked for forgiveness by faith that it was cut. But the thoughts will come to you by the enemy that you didn't really forgive 
why do you feel the way you do, so on and so forth. But you know over time, I've got a good relationship with this guy. But there was some residue that was still hanging on. Amen. Are you with me? So these things, the residual effects of our hang-ups or our bad habits or our fleshly tendencies can block the true expression of our identity in Christ. And Paul said in his book, he said to put off all of these things. If we have bad habits, if we harbor unforgiveness, if we have selfishness, it's just a long list and we'll take a look at it here in a minute. Paul said to don't uh, hold on to this one and get rid of that one. He says put off all of them. The word put off is an amazing word because it's a compounded word. I'm learning a little Greek, amateur. It means to place or to lay something down. And when the compounded word gives a picture of one who is laying something down while at the same time pushing it far away from himself. It means to lay something down and to push it so far away and beyond reach. Thus the word describes removal of something and putting so much distance between you and that old thing that you cannot easily reach out and pick it up again. I was reminded of a fellow that I knew. He lived in Oklahoma in the Call Lake area. And I had went through an enormous weight reduction. I probably lost about 60 pounds. I was really working it. And I had a whole closet full of clothes. I had jeans and stuff that I'd never even tried on. I had suits and one day I just decided I was going to gather all of these things up out of my closet and give them to this guy. But in about nine months' time, when all of the weight come flooding back on me, I was wanting to know if maybe Darlene had his phone number. Maybe I need to call him, see if I can't get some of these clothes back because it's going to be very expensive for me to go out and buy new stuff. But see, to put off means that this stuff was so far out there that it was very difficult to even retrieve or to get back. Amen. That's what he's saying, that all of these things, all of these things that's uh, counterproductive to our walk of faith, put them out there where you can't easily pick them up and put them back in the closet. They used to have good wheel boxes. I don't know if they still do or not, but once you put your stuff in there, it was forever gone. You couldn't have a change of opinion. You could not go back and retrieve what you had let go of. And that's what I believe that the apostle is saying, that um, once you make a decision, everybody say decision. See, all of these things is a choice. You, you don't have to do anything. But if you make a decision to put these things where they're out of reach and I could never pick them up again, then they're forever gone. Amen. Hallelujah. So what we need to do with the old attitudes that are no longer fitting for the new creations that we have become in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus has given us a new nature. He's given us new desires. He's given us new purpose. Amen. I could tell a lot of stories. I'll just tell a couple. Most of our families passed away. We don't have to go to family dinners anymore. But we would do that on Thanksgiving and special times. We'd go to Pittsburgh. We'd do some different things. And it was nice to be around your family. But we weren't comfortable being around our family. The second we would get there until the second we'd leave, it'd be nonstop drinking, cussing, whatever else have you. And see, the child of God should not feel comfortable in that atmosphere. Amen? You love them because they're your family. 
This is my sister. This is my brother. We've got to visit them once in a while. But I just really was un, not at ease being around that. Because the new nature, the new clothing that I've put on doesn't feel comfortable around the old. Amen. My wife said one time she drove up to Kansas City to be with her mom. And they had a plan. They was all heading down to the lake house. And she didn't want to be down there. Because after you get to the lake, that's non-stop partying. She didn't feel comfortable about being around. She loved her mother, so on and so forth. And she said, can you come and get me? Well, how am I supposed to come and get you? If I come and get you, then now we've got two cars up there. Well, what she was saying was she didn't want to go with her mother down there to the party and be stuck there. Could I rescue her somehow? And I had a plan. I uh, must love you very much because I parked my car downtown and got on a Greyhound bus and went to Kansas City. And I told the bus driver to pull off on the road when I got to a particular place and said, just let me out right here. And I called her and said, I'm at the 18th Street Expressway. Come and get me. So now we've got two people, one car, and I could rescue her and I could take her home. But see, the clothing that everyone else in the family had doesn't fit her anymore. Amen. The Christians, many of them, they're too comfortable being around these things. We just kind of adapt. We blend in. We just partake of what everybody else is doing, so on and so forth. They got to a place where we didn't have family dinners anymore. We just went to the restaurant. But at the restaurant, they always served liquor, and they'd run up a three or $400 booze tab in just a couple hours. I mean, it was out of hand. But we have a new nature, new desires, new interests within us. So therefore, there's a conflict. Is anybody here what I'm talking about? There's now a conflict. Unholy alliances, we don't need them. Amen. There's a lot of clothing that we have from days past that no longer fit us anymore. Since I don't have any clothing or closet space at home, I got my closet right here. I don't know if anybody remember this, but I used to play baseball for Benny and Smith. Amen. And I look at these and I just laugh because they look like something that Josiah would wear. <laughs> I'm just a little guy with a lot of meat on. But see, that was my baseball uniform. Can you believe that? That was a reflection of my old life. I've haven't let them go from my closet, but we need to look at our spiritual closet sometimes and know that there's some things in there that needs to be weeded out and got rid of that no longer fit us anymore. I worked with a guy and I asked him, or he told me, he, he said when he, he came up from a similar background and when he got old enough where he was making his own money, he he's told me what the most expensive, extraordinary thing that he spent on his money. And I said, what's that? He said, I bought a bedroom suit. And I didn't know what to say. I was overwhelmed. I thought, well, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard of. What does a young man, 18, 20 years old, that's now got some money, what's he go out and spend it on? He goes out and spends it on his ride, don't he? Amen. <laughs> Who in the right mind buys a bedroom suit? He said he spent $5,000 for this because it was one of them mattresses that you could, you know, tilt the head and you can put heat on there and so on. He said, I thought that I might need that. I thought that would be a good thing. If I took care of it, it'd last me a lifetime. I thought, okay. Hmm. And it caused me to think, what was it that I did when I first 
had got some money. I've always had money to a degree because I could never ask mommy and daddy for any. That was a dead end. So anything that I ever had bought, I had to figure out how to get it myself. And I was about 18 years old, and I spent my money on something. Something that was really important to me. What did I buy? I bought a suit. How ridiculous is that? Maybe that was a prophetic thing from centuries down the road that I was uh, speaking into existence, but I wanted the suit. Hello, Ethan. That was the dumbest thing that I ever heard of or anybody else had. What does somebody like me want a suit for? We don't go to social events. We don't go to church. We don't, we don't do anything, but I wanted a suit. And I got one. In the 70s, this suit cost $400. And it wasn't something that you just went off the rack and picked up and they did a little adjustment and so on. This was one where the guy come out with cloth on a spool and he just starts showing you all of the different fabrics and makes you a suit out of, out of nothing. And I, I think right now that that's the silliest thing that I may have ever did was do that. So I have hung on to that, and I still got it in my closet. Custom-made suit from the 70s. That, that still looks pretty good, even by today's standard. It's too bad the moths found it. Boy, I tell you what, I was proud of that. I got married in this suit. That's why I couldn't get rid of it. I was just a little fella. But this is pretty funny. Because I take out the vest and I put it on. Come on now. That's as good as it gets. So this doesn't fit anymore. And oftentimes in... The life of Christians, they hold on to things that should be cast out. Unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, envy. All of these things may have been reflective of my past life, but they don't fit who I am now in Christ Jesus. Amen. Somebody say amen to that. Hallelujah. So there's many things that we hold on to for whatever reason that I believe that the Lord is asking us to take a look by the direction of the Holy Spirit and get rid of some things. There's things that I do not need to have in my life anymore. I don't need to pick them up, nor do I need to try them on because it's not reflective of the new life in Christ Jesus. What would I rather do, old life, finish my shift at work and go out and drink with the guys, or new life, come home to my wife? It should be easy, right? But it's a conflict with many because they still desire the old way, the old excitement, so on and so forth. But trust me, ladies and gentlemen, you don't need that. The Christ life is the best. It's the absolute best. I've sampled many different things, and there's nothing quite like Jesus. Amen. He is just the most awesome best. These things that I have held on to that I think are wonderful and so on and so forth, I don't have too many things in my closet anymore. There's still some residual stuff. But I ask myself once in a while, I, I must be weird. If somebody could say amen to that. Amen. But, but I don't struggle with sin the way a lot of people do. They act like it's just a tug of war and so on and so forth. That, you know, I've got to do that and then I'm over here and then I'm back over here. But it doesn't have to be like that. I used to do all kinds of things and 
smoke and drink and so on and so forth. But I'm free of that now. Amen. Because he's given me a new set of clothes. He's given me new desires. All of these things I don't have to drudge up anymore. I don't have to reach back into my closet and pull out misery and victim mentality and worthlessness and all of these things that try to hang around. All of them things is purged. And when they do rise their ugly head and they say some things, I know where that voice is coming from. And I don't listen to that voice. Hallelujah. But Paul in Ephesians 4, 4 let's look at that, Bruce. I'm running out of time. Hallelujah. Paul is exhorting us to strip away any attitudes that are incompatible with our godly lifestyle. He exhorts us to put off the old man. He says in Ephesians 4 and 22, strip yourselves of your former nature. Put off and discard your old unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt. Next verse, through lust and desires that spring from delusion and be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude and put on the new nature, the regenerate self created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and in holiness. The new nature, the new set of clothes that he has given us has been created just like God himself in true righteousness, and in holiness. So he's not only instructing us what to take off, he's instructing us what to put on. This is wonderful. We're just kind of hitting on the, the edges here a little bit today, but I, uh, I can see why some people never grow in Christ Jesus. They claim that they're a believer. They can even tell you things to some degree, but in their free time, they're at the club or they're chasing the ladies or they're doing all of these things that's reflective of their old nature. But as a born again believer, he's given us a new nature and hopefully new desires. After telling us what to take off, he tells us what to put on. So what does these spiritual clothes look like? Let's take a look at Colossians 3, please. I love my man Ethan back there. <laughs> for the life of me, I don't know what I wanted to suit for him. But I like, I like that. It stayed with me forever. Amen. You look most handsome, son. Amen. Colossians 3, what did I say? Verse 8. He's told us what to take off. Now he's telling us what to put on or what to put off. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him where there is neither Jew or Greek, circumcision, uncircumcision. Next verse, please. But Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness. Meekness is an interesting word. We could say, well, what does that mean? And we could just say meekness means teachableness. Teachableness. 
that's a good thing to know because sometimes we carry our clothes from times past and will not listen to teaching because our foot is planted and that's not the way Pastor Barney taught us back in the day. Meekness is being teachable. It's a good thing to be teachable. Amen. Pastor Matt probably brings out a lot of stuff that nobody's ever even heard of before. But if you're teachable, you'll take a look at it. You'll see truth in it. You'll grasp a hold of it. Holy Spirit will prompt you to give you an elbow in the ribs and say, yeah, there, there, there you go. Look at that. Long-suffering, patience, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man has a quarrel against even any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all of these things that I have spoken of, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. All of these things is what he's telling us to put on. But as I said earlier, it's a choice. It's a decision. I don't buy into the fact that people say, well, I just can't do this. I just can't do that. Oh, yes, you can. It's a choice that you have to make to forgive. And the residual effects will fall off. Amen. The residual effects of whatever hurts you badly when you ask forgiveness in faith, it's done. And the residual effects will take care of themselves. So he's told us what to take off. He's told us what to put on. Hallelujah. Put on new attitudes and characteristics that are compatible with our life in Christ Jesus. I won't stretch that out any farther. But it's important, ladies and gentlemen, because we all hang on to stuff. Past hurts from past relationships, insecurity. People oftentimes have a terrible spirit of low self-esteem. No matter how much you compliment them, no matter how much you try to encourage them, their attitude toward themselves is, I'm stupid, I'm, I'm bad, I'm ugly. All of these things, they have to get past that. You can see that all of these things that's in our closet is something that's not going to cause us to walk in victory the way Christ Jesus has given us to walk in. Amen. So let's make a decision right now to do a serious inventory of our spiritual closet. What needs to stay? What needs to go? If there's anything in our lives that no longer fit who we've become in Christ Jesus, it's time to determine whether they should be a part of our lives anymore. I don't know about you, but there's things that I used to do that really assault my spirit now that I know is wrong, and sometimes maybe you'll flirt with something. I, I at one time, could watch spooky shows. I can't do that no more. They bother me. I will have no part of it. It's a decision to turn away. Amen. It's not reflective of the new nature of who I am in Christ Jesus. But it's our decision whether we turn away or whether we embrace the old man and all of the things that the old man represented. So it's a season to declutter. So why don't we start evaluating our life today, item by item if necessary, for the purpose of eliminating all those attitudes that are out of character with who we are in Christ Jesus. Perhaps the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart. Allow Him to work in you. He will help you get rid of all of your residual hang-ups, bad habits, fleshly tendencies, that block the true expression of your identity in Christ Jesus. Did we do okay this morning? Hallelujah.
Amen. It is the most exciting time of all. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand together. Father, I thank you for the thoughts that you've given to me to share with the people. Needful thoughts. Needful thoughts for perhaps all of us here including myself, that I've held on to some things that I need to get rid of, that I ask the Holy Spirit to just show me the things in my closet that I need to throw away, things that's not reflective of me, of who I am in the image of my Maker, Christ Jesus. I ask, Father, that any bad attitudes, any bad habits, any things that I'm holding on to or have a stronghold in my life, I ask that you give me the power to discard them, to take them and put them so far away from me that it'll be impossible for me to pick up and take a hold of again. I thank you, Father, that you have birthed this in my heart. I thank you that the Holy Spirit is speaking to people today in Jesus' name that there is some things that I need to get rid of. It's going to strengthen my walk with Christ Jesus. It's going to strengthen my faith. I thank you for the teenagers and the young people that came again today. I want to encourage you that Jesus is not mad at you. Jesus is not finished with you. Jesus is just waiting on you. Hallelujah. So as you take that step of faith today in Christ Jesus, that you'll find that he is still waiting with his love and his embrace for you in Jesus' name, that he desires to strengthen you and to take any of these things that you want or don't want out of your spiritual closet to just cast them out. He'll give you the power to do that. He'll give you the power to walk through these things in victory. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for all of your goodness I thank you that we have put on the new man. At the time of the new birth, you said in prophets from ancient days that you'll take out the heart of stone. You'll take out the things and all of the things that represent the old man. And you'll give us a heart of flesh that you'll put in to us a new thing. The new deposits have been made in us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for strengthening us to walk these things out in Christ's name. Everybody in agreement with that said, Amen. Amen. Well, go and be blessed. I'm sure happy today that you guys came and know that we love you. What do you think about this snazzy suit? Oh, thank you.